Welcome to the Sobriety Sucks podcast, a show where we talk about early recovery and how sometimes it sucks. Uh, my name's Gene, and I'll be your host, and I'm sitting with Levi. Would you like to introduce yourself? Hey, my name is Levi. <laughs> so, uh, I am, I've been using for, well, not now, six months clean right now, six and a half months, which is the longest I've ever been clean for. Uh, this is definitely the best time of my life. Um, so, a little bit about my, me and my story started using when I was about 15. I remember when I first started, I was just looking for an escape. I always had really bad uh, anxiety and depression. So like when I found drugs, it was just like a magic thing for me. I thought it fixed all my problems. So, I mean, it progressed, um, started like eventually selling to keep up with my habit and um, just getting in some sketchy shit. But I was like so numb that I didn't really think about it or care, I guess. Pretty quickly, it started causing problems with family and friends. People were worried about me, but I never thought I was hurting anyone else. And now I can see that I am, but I always thought I was just hurting myself. I've been to rehab five times. Never stayed clean for longer than like two or three months after that. So right now I'm feeling like I'm doing pretty well. The, I think the reason for that is because I, I didn't really want to go the first couple of times. Uh, it was more like family pressured me into it. And you can't stop until you're ready. You really can't. Uh, which sucks because I want to help my friends that are still in it and you can't help them if they're not ready. Yeah, I've had, let's see, five times they were spaced out. Some of them were like, I went to rehab like twice in two months once. Um, it was just, I couldn't fucking stop. I just like couldn't. And like, I would stop and I'd feel great. And then as soon as I had the chance, I would just be like, all right, screw it, I'm doing it. For me, like a lot of it had to do with like a lot of loneliness. Um, especially like when I first went to rehab, or actually the second time I was in California and so I was like living out there afterwards I didn't really know anybody uh, and for me like isolation is a huge thing that I need to avoid so um, just being alone a lot and um, just being in an area where there was a lot of drugs it became really easy for me to fall back into it um, and it's crazy my relapses every time it was shorter and shorter I mean the first relapse might have been like a couple months the second one was like a month and then it was like I couldn't even manage a week at a time shit gets old it really does it's crazy though because even though it's so bad you know you still have cravings and stuff sometimes you can't really get around that it's definitely gotten a lot better though um if you would have told me that at this point i would not i would be where i'm at mentally and not have the cravings that i had before then i would have definitely it would have been a lot easier because there's some really hard days where i needed to push through it but i did and i'm always happy that i did been in rehab, sober livings, I've been in group meeting programs. I've tried it all. One thing that really definitely helps me is having a strong social support group and strong spirituality. Um, and also just maintaining like mental health stuff, just making sure that I'm not gonna let myself fall into depression or get too anxious. So like taking time for myself when I need to and just not pushing myself too hard. Um, I do like to push myself because I, I know what I'm capable of and I do want to be able to achieve that. But, you know, it's a lot of my stress comes from me pushing myself too hard, which eventually if I'm if I get stressed enough, you know, it could cause me to relapse and I just don't want that to happen. So for me, this this period of sobriety has been mostly about controlling my moods and trying not to let them get the best of me and just connecting with a bigger purpose in my life in the universe. Sounds great. You mentioned that uh, like stress and and all of that can is what normally pushes you into the depression and anxiety that causes you to relapse. So have you been practicing 
certain things this time around that you didn't before, like say meditation or something oh, yeah. like that? Yeah. Um, I have like before my, when I was younger, I had a really bad habit of sleeping all the time, which, uh, is a big problem for me. The more I sleep, the more depressed I'm going to get. So like one thing right now is I try not to sleep all day. I try to wake up early and get shit done and not let myself fall into that. Another thing is working out really helps me a lot. Um, like lifting weights, the way I can push myself and um, see improvement, it really helps me to like feel better about myself and to know that I'm doing something positive. Um, also, I play music, which is very therapeutic for me. And that I release a lot of my stress through that. Uh, yeah, you mentioned um, loneliness and isolation. That's something that I've struggled with a lot, too. I've mentioned on the show before how the schedule that I work in my job leads to a lot of that. Um, it doesn't fit with anybody else's social schedule. Mm. So I end up at home alone a lot. And um, that was something that I had to really learn how to how to face was all the times that I would be at home by myself and have nowhere to go or anything to do. And that mm. during my active addiction, that was my time to use. Oh, yeah. And so now, you know, I've, I've found some other things to fill that time up with, one of which is this show. So I can really relate to the idea of the creativity and, and trying to create content. I think um, not only creativity, but, I mean, you can use this stuff to help people, and that's really what I want to do, and I think that's what you want to do, too. Yeah, definitely. The main goal for this show is to, to help the still-suffering addict, and hopefully, you know, we reach some souls. At the same time, it, it, can, get, uh, it can get frustrating sometimes, you know. Uh, you hit a brick wall in editing, or, you know, schedules just don't work out correctly, and you don't hit your timeline. So, like, what's one way that you combat, I, I don't know, I guess, like, creativity block or writer's block yeah i'm a perfectionist which is like a part of the anxiety and stuff so like i have this thing where i'll like i'll have like 10 songs i'm working on but never finish any of them because i cannot get bring myself to call it complete um so one thing lately is i'm trying to like just knock things out and just like move forward and just try to and it's the same with like other stuff in life just like get it done with move on and it doesn't have to be perfect so i mean the perfectionism and that's also a thing with like has caused me to use a lot is like my self-esteem will be so low because i have high expectations of myself that are impossible and that's what i was saying before about just like giving yourself some time to to de-stress and i can really relate to that too like setting standards so high that they're unachievable and then you push yourself to achieve those goals and you push yourself to the limit and then you're spent and you still didn't achieve what you expected yourself to achieve even though you pretty much knew from the beginning you weren't going to make that yeah and i had this thing where uh it's like i know i can't be perfect so if i don't try i can't fail (laughs) and so i'm just gonna use like this happened a lot yeah I, i mean i've been through a lot of a lot of situations like that you know where it's you know, this is my first like stab at recovery, like actually doing it through the program. But there have been times before where I tried to kind of clean up my act a little bit and, and stop using so much. And it always led to that same idea. That's like, you're not, you're not going to achieve what you want to achieve. So mm-hmm. fuck it. You might as well do it anyways. You know, you're going to end up doing it anyways. That's what, that was, exactly. I was going to say that. Like I was, I always like had in the back of my mind, I was like, I'm, this isn't going to last forever. I know it. So I'm just going to use now instead of pushing it off. Yeah. Instead like, of delay, delaying the inevitable. Yeah. I feel like now actually like I'm, I think I, I believe I could be sober forever. Like I think, I mean, I believe it, and I never believed it before. Well, so what is it about this time around that's changed that for you? 
I think because, like I told you, I've been working on self-esteem a lot, and it's just believing myself. And also, like, the cu- the relapses I've had have really sh- just beat me down so bad and showed me, like, how I can't use regular... Like, I can't do it at all without screwing my whole life up. And just, like, no, it's, like, that pain caused, helped me get a lot of clarity. Yeah, so you kind of, like, you know, they talk about how people have to reach their their very end before they can realize something and so I can see that that was like that's something that happened in your experience too just kind of yeah but the thing is I, I definitely hit rock bottom many times and it's I don't think there is one rock bottom it's just whenever you stop digging because I mean my life can always get shittier I, like I, the, I was yeah. homeless for a while and then kept using and then got sober and I was not homeless anymore started using became a like yeah you know what I mean it's like it doesn't fucking it's crazy yeah I mean it definitely is a fickle bitch this disease that we have <laughs> you said that you've been to rehab multiple times what was your longest stint um so I mean I've been to 30 day programs and then afterwards usually I'll go to like I've gone to like sober living houses um and that is you know it's like People that are in treatment, the longer the longer you're in treatment, the better your chances are. And 30 days is really nothing. That's literally just enough time to get it out of your system and clear your head a little bit. But like that, once you leave, that's like the scariest thing because that's when the real the real battle begins. Um, you know, I know people have overdosed the day after they got out of rehab, and you know what I mean. It's like, so I mean, you got to know that when you get out, that's when the real hard part is. And so that's why it's important to, like, keep yourself accountable with... I mean, I, when I moved back to my parents' house, I told them to drug test me um, weekly, at least randomly, because I don't want any chances of that happening, and I want to use the tools I have to help me. Yeah, and see, that was something that um, that kind of helped me out, too. I, I couldn't go to sober living because I've got a family, but when I went back home, you know, my job was fully aware of where I had been. And so, I mean, I was getting randomed all the time, mm-hmm. and which I was perfectly fine with that it was something that helped keep me accountable and then plus you know if I if I go back out I lose my family so to have my family at home you know supporting me but also not letting me get away with anything Mm -hmm. and then also work doing the exact same thing was what really kept me accountable so would you say that um you would suggest sober living houses um, I would suggest it, but I would also suggest to do your research and make sure you pick a good one because I have definitely been some flop houses where, you know, people are using. But, I mean, there are good ones. You just have to find them. It's always good to, like, if you know a friend that's been in one, you can get recommendations because there's a lot online that just want your money. And so that's, yeah, I've had that happen a couple times. After stringing this amount of clean time together... Are, are you still going to, like, 12-step meetings and, and still practice? Like, are you doing steps or anything like that? I prefer, uh, like, Smart Recovery and Refuge Recovery. I don't have any problem with any other programs. Um, those just have been, like, my what I felt, like, most comfortable with. Uh, Refuge is a Buddhist program, so it's also based on spirituality. And Smart is um, it's basically, like, a way to, like, help you organize your life and manage your your not manage your using manage your like depression for example keep yourself accountable and things like that i do still go to uh, 12 step meetings sometimes and i i do like them i just like any su- social support is good well um this is actually i i don't know much about those other two programs but you, you spoke a lot about the spirituality and your story too so can you talk a little bit more about like uh the buddhist program yeah and i'm not gonna i'm not a buddhist by any means but i uh i like the idea of it um where it's kind of like your god is kind of within you um which i do believe like higher power is like your higher self in a way and i think like i believe that like we're all kind of one with the universe and so like 
your higher power is like it's in you and it's around you and so like just connecting with that is it's so important I assume that that's transferred over into every other part of your life, including your music. Yeah, and, like, a lot of mindfulness and meditation type stuff goes along with that, which just helps with mental focus and, like, not letting your moves get out of hand, for example. If you can if you can stay in the middle, you don't go any too far in one direction. That's a good thought because that's something that I struggle with sometimes, even now that, you know, I'm, I'm almost at six months. I've got, like, a couple more weeks. Like, that's one thing that I've noticed the most here in the past few weeks is, like, my mood can is like a pendulum mm-hmm. It goes from one extreme to the other. And that's been something I've worked I've been working on a lot in my own life is being able to, you know, control my temper and control my emotions. You know, when you when you're working long hours and then turn around and come home to a three year old who can be a bit of a brat, it it makes it makes it difficult to keep some of that stuff in check. Mm -hmm. So do you have uh, any challenges like that in your own life? Things that test your patience? Oh, yeah. Um, Right now. Like I said, I'm living with my parents to help me stay on track. I'm also 23, and that sucks. Um, and, you know, I'm not paying rent, but, oh, my God, they can really get on my nerves. And just, I love them, but being around them that much and having them know what I've done is, like, they're always on my back and stuff like that. So, like, I mean, it's hard for me sometimes not to snap at them or, like, especially my mom. I got to catch myself before I get too snippy with her. Yeah, I mean, I I struggle with the same thing with my wife, and mm-hmm. and it's a similar situation, you know, having her know everything that I've done, and also, you know, I've I've done a lot of work to open the lines of communication, and not just like let her know things that I hadn't told her before, but just be honest with her more often than I used to be, mm-hmm. and that in itself has created its own challenges. Like just being more honest about my emotions mm-hmm. can start just. I mean, little bickers can turn into big fights just because I'm opening up about things that I never used to open up about. And so there are good, there are positive things in our relationship about that have come from me getting clean, of course, but it's also opened doors to other facets of our relationship that we didn't even really know were there because there was next to no communication. And that's, that's been one of those avenues that I have to practice that control of emotion heavily because yeah. I can I can lose my temper really easily now. And something I've noticed, um, which is kind of weird, but it kind of makes sense. So a lot of times when you get clean or you start improving your life anyway, um, people are so used to what it was in the old you that they're uncomfortable with a new you and that can even cause problems where it's like the exp- they're just so used to the dysfunction that that now it's weird that it's not dysfunctional. Yeah, I mean, that's our relationship in a nutshell, really. I mean, we're, we're extremely close, and we've been together for a long time, but for a lot of that time, it was so much dysfunction and mayhem and chaos. And, and now that things are coming back to normal, like, neither of us were fully prepared for that and mm-hmm. weren't prepared to handle it. And it's, like I said, created its own, like, these little tiny, I wouldn't call them cracks, but just, like, little speed bumps mm-hmm. throughout our you know, our week to week relationship that can turn into, you know, damaging speed bumps. And and we're learning to, to navigate that, you know, and, and get past it in a healthier manner. But those first couple months out of treatment when I was really focused on recovery and not that I'm not anymore, but I had never had been before. Mm-hmm. And so putting so much of my energy into trying to stay clean and work an honest program and do all these things that they taught us in uh, you know, in treatment, it it changed our dynamic, you know, and we're both severely codependent. We were both looking for that thing to fix that 
was slowly going away and then now we're just both trying to fix things that don't need to be fixed and just kind of like you know beating a dead horse over a lot of stuff and it's it has gotten a lot better since then, but it's still something we're working on daily. Yeah, I can I can relate to that. Parents, girlfriend, brothers and sisters, like yeah. Yeah, because it reaches out to all those close relationships. You oh have. yeah, those are the most close ones that are damaged the most, that need the most repairing. And it's using that does that in the first place. I know that you were a musician before you got clean, and now that you're a musician after getting clean, what kind of changes has that? Like, what, what changes have come from that in your creative process? I used to, I mean, I definitely thought that I played better when I was fucked up. <laughs> I really did. I, knew, I would, like, take acid before shows or something. It was, And then I would fuck up at the show, and I would think it sounded good, and it didn't. Uh, so one thing is just, believe, like, there were times where, like, I felt like I would take a pill or something and be more creative, and it would flow easier. But I also realized I can access that same part of my brain so, soberly. So, like, just learning, like, the whole mindfulness thing is, like, it helps me really connect with like that part of me and since I, I know I can do it sober it doesn't I mean sometimes I have thought like this would be fun if I was drunk or something but I realized that like I can't fucking play and that's just my addiction speaking to me did it have and I assume it had an effect on your writing as well oh yeah um if you <laughs> iPhone is I need to go through them they're still full of just garbage lyrics from like months of just me like <laughs> typing like when I'm high and just like typing words that I think sound good and then I look at them like what does that mean it like it doesn't make any sense I, I've listened to some of your music and it seems that you've started to kind of gravitate towards talking about your experience in recovery is that an avenue that you're trying to pursue definitely um I, I try not to make it I want to make it subtle I don't want it to be too in anyone's face but I like to make it so that the average listener could maybe hear it and not even notice it. But someone who has an addiction and hears that could be like, oh, my God, I get it. In in one of your songs, Home, you have that line that says, um, I'm not even going to try and quote it exactly, but it's uh, finding a place that keeps you sane for more than a, a couple, couple months. months at a time. Like mm-hmm. That was something that resonated with me mm-hmm. a lot because it sounded like the struggle of trying to string together clean time, not just string it together, but get to that place where you're comfortable in sobriety. Yeah, and then there's the thing where, like, I moved around a lot, too, trying to run away from the addiction instead of facing it. And, like, within a couple months, I would relapse. You know what I mean? Like, every yeah. time I moved, I would think I'm good, and then something happens, and I'm back where I was. Right. Can't run from it. You know, I I think that that's very admirable to, to make content that isn't just to be consumed but also to have like you know a higher purpose and and i like that you you ride that subtlety line that you're not just like hey i'm in recovery it's like you you put you put the thought into the lyric to show that you're talking about recovery but you don't have to say it so blatantly Mm -hmm. to be in somebody's face yeah i do have uh especially like this one song where it's talking the first line is it's so hard to do lines wet with tears um, that one's pretty obviously about addiction, <laughs> but it's also about like getting better. I try to at least incorporate like I, it's not all negative. I will definitely put a spin on it to make it the bright side at the end. So does does your music also help keep you accountable? Uh, yeah, I mean, I like right now it's not anything too crazy big, but I mean, knowing that I could you know that people are kind of that know that like knowing if, that they know about my problem. Kind of helps me like I don't want to be a liar. I don't want to 
perform. You know, I don't want to like go out and tell someone to do something and be a hypocrite. And I can relate to that a lot, which is why I asked the question. Like, that's one of the things about this show for me more than anything else is that it holds me accountable. You know, mm-hmm. I sit down with an addict every couple of weeks and shoot the shit about recovery. And I can't really go back out and expect to be, you know, putting out this message and, mm-hmm. and that I want to put out. So I was curious about that. And so with your creative process changing, your writing changing, like the overall tone of your music in some ways, has do you think that it has gotten better? Yeah, yeah. More, yeah, it's definitely gotten less angry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, less sad. <laughs> I mean, it still can be emotional, but it's, it's more controlled emotions. Well, okay, let me la- ask a less um, pointed question. Do you, are you enjoying your music more now? Oh, yeah, because, I mean, when I first got sober, I was, my first thought was, I can't play music like this anymore, and music's what I want to do with my life, so it's, when drugs became more important to me than music, that's when I knew I needed to stop. That's something that, like, a creative mind would see, you know, because mm-hmm. there's this, constant like stereotype that you know if you're more creative when you're inebriated or elevated or you know whatever Mm -hmm. word you want to use and you know I'm I'm an artist in a lot of ways too and I felt that way for a long time you know for the short amount of time that I was in school I was pursuing an art degree Mm -hmm. and it's like every time I had a project or something that I needed to do it's like all right where can I find something to elevate my creativity and in reality it's like I look back and some of it ends up being so simplistic that like I, I wasn't conveying anything through my art, even though I thought I was. And so I've realized now in, in hindsight that that creativity is always there. Similar to what you said before, you know, you can play at that level. You can tap into that what you thought you could only tap into when you were using. I've found that, too, in a lot of my own artwork. You know, it's like I can look back and be like, dude, I can do that. Mm-hmm. I, I have more in-depth thought now. It's not my my thought process isn't so simplistic that I think it's super metaphorical. <laughs> also, I think that, um, I mean, when you're messed up, it takes away your inhibitions. And, I mean, playing music and being sober, and but you have to be confident. It, confidence will also take away the inhibitions because, you know, if you're anxious, you're not going to, you're going to be thinking too much. And that's one reason I think that I liked to be messed up because I would not question myself and I would just play. But now I can do that because I have put the work in and I know that I can do it. But yeah, I was going to say, um, it's so messed up. I used to like look up to, you know, the rock stars like Kurt Cobain. Mm-hmm. And I always thought, damn, like, that's what I want to do. Get famous, die at 27, heroin. <laughs> Yeah, fuck. <laughs> it's not good. Yeah, well, but I mean, I it was cool. Well, it come, it was we come cool. from a society that glorifies things like that, you know. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you go on Netflix now and you see eight or nine different documentaries about bands that hmm. made it big while riding the coattails of their use, and it's like I can't even watch those. Yeah, it's, I see. I steer clear of a lot of that stuff mm-hmm. now. You know, when I came back from treatment, I looked at my Netflix feed and it was so tainted. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's taken a long time to get a lot of that that stuff off, but. When, when you glorify that kind of thing, it creates an image that isn't true, you know? And then, and then it, by the time you realize that what you thought it was isn't true, it's way too late. Like, I yeah. went through a similar thing. Um, you know, I skateboard, and I looked up to all these guys. I'd watch these mm-hmm. videos of them just drinking and partying and, like, just being belligerent and 
all the time and I'm like, that's what I want to do in a van with a bunch of my friends mm-hmm. just getting fucked up for a week skateboarding. Yep. And it's like, and then I look back at the way I skated back then and it's like, yeah, I mean, I wasn't afraid to try anything, but I wasn't landing anything either. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you can't, when, when we live in a society that glorifies certain things like that, not even glorifies, but just doesn't doesn't show it for what it is Mm. it it creates that image that allows people to look up to that kind of thing yeah and there's no context in that in those videos you all you see is the fun part you don't see the homelessness you don't see the your family hating you or disowning you or like you don't see any of that Uh, they make it look so fun but i mean they go home and they're probably miserable after that yeah well i mean and it's it's something else that i've noticed too is that like looking at some of these older guys that are professional have come out and said things like that like yeah when Mm. I got clean my life got so much better and even if they were saying that I wasn't paying attention to that kind of stuff because Mm. there was such a spotlight on the fun part yeah and then but then you see these guys like getting their life together and and I mean even big guys like that everybody knows about like Steve-O Steve-O's a prime example of that exactly yeah and now he's got like a camper van he's camping all the time he's got a podcast he's cool too he's not he loves like his life now and when I, I first got like started to get sober I definitely watched a lot of his videos and he was very helpful also Russell Brand yes I've, I've listened to a lot of his interviews too and so it's it's kind of ironic in my opinion that those things are out there but you never find them until you know until yeah, you need you're them. Not looking for them. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. You're not looking for them, and you know something that that you mentioned earlier that I've struggled with a lot is anxiety and depression. Like coming out of treatment, even going into treatment, I was so deep into depression that that was the main fuel for my using. Mm-hmm. When I first started using. Like a long time ago, it was all about having fun. Yep. And then as you get older and have more responsibility, it turns from fun using to stress using to to using to live. Well, that's just you. Like using is all you know, and that's just you are just a user, and you just use it. Like there's no like reason for it. Right. It's and just... it gets to a point where, at least for me, and I know for a lot of other people, that it was my way of coping, and so. Having having issues like that and working on mental health, I know you mentioned some of this before, but like, what what exactly do you practice to really tackle those issues that you used to use to cope with? Depression. I try to be active, work out, not sleep a lot, uh, and also have really strong relationships. I try to make sure that I only hang out with people that will bring me up. Um, and I've cut a lot of negative people out of my life. I've realized what's like really important in a relationship. That's a big one. Um, anxiety, a lot of times, like, before yeah. I came here, I had anxiety. Yeah. And uh, I took a nap, and then I woke up, and I was like, oh, shit, my, my heart's beating fast. But I was like, whatever, Gene's cool. Yeah, come do it. <laughs> well, it's thanks, not, man. <laughs> yeah, but I was like, why am, why am I anxious? And just a lot of it is before maybe I would have just stayed in bed and not done anything. And But now it's like, it just I know it's going to be fine. I just got to push myself through it. Yeah, well, and I mean, that's something that I struggle with, too, you know, um, even though I've done this a handful of times now, I still get anxious before I come in here, especially because I get here a little early, and I'll be here, and Sean's like, hey, when, uh, when's he gonna be here? And I'm like, oh, he's on the way, and that's immediately when it's like, all right, we're gearing up, like, it's time to do it, and like I said, even though I'm getting more comfortable each time, I still, I still get that little bit of anxiety, and it's like that in every aspect of my life, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I noticed that, like earlier this week, my company had some layoffs and I was terrified that I was on that chopping block because, you know, I've, in the past year, I've failed a drug test. I've 
had a couple of write-ups. I, I went to rehab for a month. You know, I really thought that I was one of the people that was going to get laid off, and I was terrified all day. And you talk about anxious. Like I chewed my fingernails till there wasn't anything left. Like I was shaking at sometimes. I like I took so many breaks because I couldn't stand at my machine. You know, it was like I was just terrified the whole time. And then to see like that shift of my mentality when I made it to the end of the day and realized that I wasn't one of the people getting laid off was, it was honestly very eye opening for me to know that like, Hey, you made it like, Mm -hmm. this is something that you were so stressed out about. You were, you didn't know how to handle it, but you made it out the end. And I, and I've realized that now that like, there are a lot of those situations in my life that I get extremely anxious about and extremely stressed out about when you're going to be fine at the end. Yeah, and every time you make it through it, it makes you more confident about the next time. Because now I can have, you know, some kind of uh, problem and I can be like, well, I did this before, I can do it again. Yeah, and that's that's definitely something that, that builds you up. And, you know, something that you mentioned a while ago about if somebody had told you where you would be now as far as, like, cravings and stuff, I've noticed that with, like, every facet mm. of my recovery. It's like if, if somebody had told me that you're going to be in this clear headspace, like, your confidence level is going to go up, you have more time, more money, and, like, I – I never saw any of those things until I got here, mm. you know, and now that I've strung together some clean time, I, I, I'm getting more and more confident each day and being able to battle some of those like mental, um, mental setbacks that I have, you know, uh, with depression and anxiety. Mm. And so, and I'm sure that music helps you a lot with that too. Yeah. And it, right now it's like really giving me a reason to get out of bed in the morning. Yeah. Cause like that's, that's, you know, I'm pushing hard for it. That's really what I want to do. I think having like a purpose is very important. You got to find it though. Like something more than just making money to like eat and sleep. Like I feel like there's gotta be something bigger. Yeah. Something like this. Yeah, and I mean that's that's our mindset over here too is that you know like all the guys that work on this we all have full-time jobs outside of this and their jobs, you know, they pay the bills, you they got money, you got Exactly. Pay. They they feed us, they pay our rent and but at the end of the day it's like you know, what am I really doing? Mm-hmm. What am I accomplishing? Like, where is the satisfaction in my work? And that's one of the main reasons we decided to pursue what we're doing is just to have some purpose, you know, to have something that we're really working to achieve. And we want it, we want it in the end to be our livelihood, you know, but you, like you said, you got to find that purpose first. And then once you find the purpose, you work to make your livelihood. Yeah, purpose has definitely been big for me. I, I remember, like, my a lot of, when I was about 16, a lot of my, like, depression stemmed from existential crises. <laughs> like, just, what the fuck am I doing here? Why am I alive? Like, what is going on? Who am I? Yeah. Once you start figuring out the answers to those questions, which you will, it, it just falls into place. But yeah, at that age, I, I was that made me so depressed. Just like, what is this? Like, why am I here? And I mean, that was that was something that I was blessed to have. You know, I knew at least some of my purpose at the time that I decided to get clean. I, uh, you know, I'm a father, and so going into treatment, you know, I went into treatment with the idea that I'm going to manage my using, and I learned quick that that's not something that you can do. And you know, a lot of people that I was in treatment with we're a little lost, you know, um, 
were ready to be clean but didn't know what to do next. And that was something that I was extremely blessed with was to get mm-hmm. out of treatment and know exactly what it was that I needed to focus on. And it was being a better member of my family. Yeah. Like if I didn't have music, I probably would not have had as much motivation to get better. That being said, you're you're working to make this your livelihood. What, uh, like how far along are you on your trip to make music your yeah. job? So uh, I've been playing music for a long time, um, but really I mostly just play like drums or, in, you know, in the background of bands. But uh, I got a lot of inspiration the last couple of years to like write, to write my own music and sing, started singing. Um, so right now I'm actually just about to release my first solo album. I'm looking for a band. Like I had to play all the instruments myself, which is, you guys know about recording. It's a pain. You gotta (laughs) have different tracks and different things, but it worked out. And since like, once again, since I had like a message to send, I feel like it was easier for me to like push through it. But I mean, my next thing is I just want to reach as many people as possible because like throughout my life, music has been my medicine. And if I can be that medicine for at least one other person, and I feel like I'm successful. Well, and like I said, I, I can really appreciate and I, I very much respect the message behind your music, especially now, you know. And and like I said, I came from a creative background that where I thought, you know, using excelled that. So I definitely want to support anybody who has gone through that and now found the other side of that and been able to, you know, continue to pursue what they love without without wanting to use to quote unquote elevate it, mm-hmm. you know, and especially like you mentioned in, in a field that has been flooded with artists that are like that, mm. you know? And so I, I respect that a lot. So that being said, like where, where can we find your music? Um, can we post links on here? It might be easier. Yeah. I, I'm on Bandcamp, Facebook. Um, when the, this, I have a single on there right now. It's like a little teaser before the album. When the album comes out, it will be on iTunes and Spotify, all that good stuff. Okay, and yeah, we'll actually uh, we'll play the single at the end of this show so that listeners can uh, get a taste for what you're doing. And yeah, we'll definitely put links in the show notes so people can find you. So do you plan on... Okay, so you said it's your solo album. Do you plan on continuing? I know you said you're looking for a band, but are you yeah. going to continue without it if you can't find one? Uh, if I can't find one, yes, because, I mean, I'm dedicated to it. I can, do, I can play acoustically if I need to. Uh, I did just find a bass player who's awesome. I'm looking for a drummer, which is hard. And also it's hard because a lot of musicians do drugs. I lucked out with this bass player. He's 19, can't even go to bars. And he's cool. He's really good. So, But it's, you know, finding someone that is going to be good enough for me musically and spiritually and as a friend is going to be important. So I'm not trying to rush it. I can play alone if I need to. But I feel like part of it, like a social group is important. And just having, no matter what, in recovery or just life, having people to share experiences with is so important. I wouldn't want to go on tour alone. That would be so lonely. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that's like a, I mean, that's like a fucking, I would probably use. Yeah. If I'm alone playing shows, I mean, I'm, there's going to be a point where I'm like, "Eh, I should start, you know, drinking right now or something. And um, that always leads me back to heroin. Well, okay, so that if you're in the process of looking, is that definitely something that you said spiritual and as a friend and everything? Like, what's your criteria for an artist that you're looking for? Um, I mean, talent is like number one. Also, you gotta just vibe with the music and with the people in the band. Uh, we have a really good vibe going right now um, with this bass player, and as long as you can like just bring some positive energy and you can play your instrument well. And you're into it as long as you're dedicated, as, like as we are. 
uh, that's all I really need. Are you looking for other, say, people in recovery to be a part of that? Hey, if they're in recovery, that'd be awesome. But if they're not, as long as I can, I'm open with telling people about my stuff and like, I can tell them like, I don't do this stuff. Like, I mean, if they're actively using, I'm going to say no. But if they're just like kind of a normal person that, you know, maybe they drink occasionally like an like a normal American. Yeah. (laughs) Unlike us. But um, as long as uh, I can be like, you know, just don't. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna. I'm, I can't do that. Just don't be doing it around me. Yeah, because I think that that's very important, you know, and mm-hmm. to, especially moving forward, if this becomes quickly what you want it to become, you got to be careful about that kind of stuff. Like it's something that we try to be careful about over here. You know, we have a sister show that has absolutely nothing to do with recovery, and a lot of those guys do drink, and you know, it's part of their life, and it doesn't get to a problem like what we had but it's a line that we have to walk you know we have to be very careful about that it's something that i take very seriously um you know like being clear of the boundary of that and i can't tell somebody else what to do like you said you know if if somebody's a normal human being they're a normal human being i can't be captain recovery over here and try and mm-hmm. fix everybody but at the same time i gotta i gotta hold myself accountable and 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 be careful myself about what i allow myself to be influenced by yeah, the way I, I see it is, like, everyone's born with the right to party. We fucking ruined that. We, we, we don't have that right anymore. Right. We had we had our privileges revoked. Yeah, we can't. We lost our license. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, I'm really excited to uh, to show everybody your music, and um, we'll definitely be promoting it on, on our website and our, you know, our pages as well. Um, we'll play a song at the end for everybody to get a taste of the kind of music that you play. Um, I very much enjoy it. I think, especially for it being a solo album, uh, I commend you. It sounds very, very good. You can't tell that it's like one person playing everything. And that's, that's really impressive in my opinion. But, um, yeah, we'll plug, we'll plug your stuff in the show notes. We'll play your song at the end of the show. And, uh, I really appreciate you sitting down with me today yeah. uh, one more thing I want to say is like I as you know someone who hopefully will reach people with my music I definitely want to be like I don't know if anyone listens to it and you're struggling with anything feel free to message me on Facebook I'm always down um, I want to be there for people and for my fans and anyone that needs help so yeah, yeah. thanks for having me yeah and we're the same way over here too uh, we try and send that message of hope and positivity at the end of every show you know go to a meeting if you're struggling and like like Levi said if if anybody out there is struggling and don't know who to contact just message me on Facebook like I'm I check it daily so like you know if anybody needs any help we're there too and you've got a couple lifelines over here so I really appreciate you coming on and uh yeah we'll we'll exit the show and let your music take us out awesome thank you thank you